this is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number nine. And we're going to talk all about Twitter. Woo. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be here today with my co-host, Madeline Sklar, the queen of Twitter. And we are going to be talking today about how to build a community on Twitter. And she's done that many times over. So I'm really excited to dive right in and get into the details of how you can also build your own community on Twitter. In episode one, we gave you some general tips about starting an online community. And I think we did talk a little bit about Twitter. But in the next two episodes, this one and the next one, we're going to really dive in deep on a couple of platforms, Twitter and then Facebook. And then we'll go from there probably in future episodes for other platforms. But for right now, we're going to zone right in on Twitter today. And we're going to talk with Madeline about that. So I'm going to be asking her some questions and she's going to be answering me. And first of all, welcome, Madeline. Hi. (laughs) Thank you, Cammie. It's so great to be here. I'm so glad you are here. Again, it's great. Uh, So let's just get right into the, the content here, because I feel like a lot of people are confused about Twitter. It seems like a place that's sort of a dry wasteland if you don't know what you're doing out there. And you, when you first sign up, you go on, you see all these tweets going by and it's kind of like, what do you do? Um, How do you build a community on Twitter, especially? So I know you've done that successfully. And I just want to ask you a couple of questions about it. First of all, I think I'm going to really focus in on Twitter chats since that's sort of the main way that you've done Twitter community building. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. I always recommend Twitter chats for community building for sure. So let's just imagine that you have decided that you want to build a Twitter chat and you're not really sure where to get started. Maybe you've attended a few like we recommended in episode one and also in other episodes about how to be a good community member and you're ready to start your own chat. So how do you know if your idea is going to make a good Twitter chat? I mean, how, how do you test that, Madeline? Well, you know, it's a great question, Kimmy. And, you know, we don't always know if it's going to work out. You can certainly do some polls. You know, I like to go on Twitter polls and ask questions to get an idea of what my community wants from me. So you could definitely go do that and just kind of see where are people at? What are they interested in? But really the best thing to do is just kind of dive in and see how it goes. Have that idea, know what it is you want to do and talk to colleagues, talk to friends in your industry and see what they think of the idea and if they support it. And would they come support you? Would they come join you? You know, I'll use Christy Gillentine as an example. She has a really popular Twitter chat called Chat Snap, and it's all about Snapchat, but you just say it backwards Snapchat, Chat Snap. And when she was first starting, Kimmy, she was terrified. We knew there was a need for this because no one else was doing a Twitter chat all about Snapchat. So we knew there would be a need, but would anybody show up? That was always scary. So, I gave her support. I said, you know, you can do this. It'll be great. 
but invite your colleagues and friends because they'll come support you. And that totally worked. Well, that's a really interesting thing you just said. You're inviting people uh, that you know offline to become a part of that original seed community. So that idea of having a seed community is really interesting to me. So how do you get them kind of excited for that? I mean, how did she set that up? Well, just encouraging them to help promote it and spread the word, getting them excited, telling them, you know, what, what her mission is, what it is she's trying to do. And with her excitement and passion for it, that certainly carries over to other people. And what I saw, Kami, is that a lot of word of mouth started happening. Like with her excitement, it got me excited. So I started telling my community about it. So, you know, yes, starting with that seed group, but then word of mouth plays a huge role. Yeah. And did she do that via email, like all of that kind of coordinating or let's get to the details, like exactly how did she kind of get that word out? She used social media and that's what I always uh, use as well and recommend. Uh, You could certainly use your mailing list if you have an active one. You know, it's interesting. Not all marketers have an active mailing list. So many times I'll say, hey, be sure to send this out to your email list. They're like, oh, I don't really have an email list. So it's like, well, this would be a good opportunity to start one is, is utilizing one for your chat. But mostly I would say it was social media, Facebook and Twitter were great ways of getting the word out. Did she do a Facebook event? Maybe I've seen some people do that. She, yes. And you know, this is really interesting. She actually does a Facebook event for each week for each chat and uses that as a way to do some extra promotion, spotlight the guest, which I think is super smart. Not everybody does that, but I like how she's trying to do things differently. And that is a great way to stand out for sure. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, she wasn't like necessarily this huge, uh, had this huge following on Twitter either when she started, did she? No, she really didn't. She had a lot of great colleagues, but not a lot of followers per se when it came to this chat. So by getting these key people, but also Kimmy inviting top experts in the field, top experts that uh, know Snapchat inside and out. And not just great people on Snapchat, but people who maybe specialized in something with Snapchat. It was really interesting to watch the diversity of the guests, but the guests go and promote it as well, which opens it up. I've really watched it snowball in the past, a little over a year. She started March of last year. So it's gone on for almost a year and a half now. And to watch it grow from this small chat to exploding, but I would say it's primarily word of mouth on social media. Yeah. So that's great. So if you don't have a huge following, you don't have to really like be too concerned. You just have to have like that networking piece. So just to recap, what I heard you say was, first of all, you need to talk with colleagues and see if there's a need for the kind of chat that you're talking about so much so that they're willing to go on board with you and show up the first time, as well as promote it to their colleagues. So that, that would be really important. So being a part of a community online already helps a lot in making your own community. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing she started doing, Cami, is build a Facebook group, which is also common, is to have your Twitter chat and then carry it over somewhere else. For me, it's been hosting a live stream right afterwards. So I host my Twitter chat and then immediately do a Facebook live stream, which is fun. And for me, that's simple, it's easy, and then I'm done. Whereas She keeps a Facebook group going. There's a little bit more management to that, as you know, 
you know, it's not easy managing a Facebook group, but that is a great way to keep the conversation going throughout the week. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to do these things. That's what I think is interesting about talking about how you did it versus how she does it. Right. Um, really, it's all really different. And you don't do a Facebook event either every every time. No, you know, it's interesting. I've done it in the past for a previous chat. I've done it for other things, but not for my current chats, not for Twitter Smarter or Social ROI. For me, I see it as just extra work that I don't think will necessarily pay off. For me, my community is big on Twitter. Whereas for Christy, she didn't necessarily have this big following on Twitter. She had a big following on Facebook. It seems like she's more known on Facebook. So it would make sense to utilize different parts of Facebook, a group, events, things like that. And it's smart. Right. And I find it really interesting because you're talking about Snapchat on Twitter. So it's kind of uh-huh. an interesting cross-platform yeah. thing that's going on too, really interestingly, because I know that a lot of people on Twitter are thinking, should I be on Snapchat? So it's a really good opportunity for her to like draw people into her Snapchat world, which she's great at. And there's not as many tools in Snapchat to do these kinds of things. Or, and even if there was, you're not going to be drawing new people into the uh, conversation. So it's kind of an interesting topic. People might say, maybe that's why it wasn't there before, because nobody thought it would be. Probably so, probably so. But, But what's interesting is that you can't just go easily have a chat on Snapchat. So why not take all the cool Snapchat people and bring them onto Twitter for a chat once a week for an hour and it's proven to be highly successful? Yeah, it has. I mean, it's, it's been great. I mean, I'm really proud of her. She's amazing. So we should have her on here sometime. Oh, we should yeah. bring her on as a guest. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's have her share her story. That's definitely on the, on the books. We have a couple of guests coming up and I definitely think we should bring Christy on. That would be awesome. So along that line, whenever you're putting this, this idea together and you start to think about what time of day you want to have this chat, I've seen chats all times of day, but how do you come up with the time of day that works for most of your audience? How do you do that? Yeah, that's such a great question, Cami. There is no right or wrong here. What I always say is a couple of things. Talk to your community, talk to the people that you think are going to come to this or that you know are going to come to it. And do a poll, find out what's good for them, daytime or nighttime, start simple, daytime or nighttime. And then once you have an idea of what works for them, then, you know, morning, afternoon, you know, what, what is a good time of day for them? When I started GG Chat, and that was for my music community, I started that six years ago. And when I did that, Kimmy, I made it revolve around what worked for my schedule. And that's okay too. You know, you have to experiment. I did it knowing that I might have to change it. Mm-hmm. For me, it yeah. was, I'm going to do this as a nighttime chat. I had enough daytime stuff going on. Why don't I do this as a nighttime chat on a Thursday evening? And I was going into this knowing that this might not be the best time for musicians. Musicians are usually out playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. So Thursday night might not have worked. But I thought to myself, there's no rule book. I'm the one that's making the rules for this chat. If that time doesn't work, I could always change it. And what happened was it became a big success very quickly and people love the day and time. So it totally worked. But I am a fan of talking to your community, talking to other colleagues, and also, Cammie, checking to see what times other people have chats. You don't want to step on other people's toes, right? You know, there's so many good chats now. So look at, you know, do some research. What chats are going on that are similar to this? 
and for the community that you want. When I started Twitter Smarter, there are a couple of chats that go on at the same day and time, Thursday afternoon at one o'clock Eastern. But the thing, Cammie, they were not exactly my community. They may have been a little similar, but not exactly who I was trying to get on board. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this day and time. So, you know, you have to kind of experiment, ask around, experiment, and you could always change it. But if you're going to change it, do it very early on. Don't have a chat go for six months and then decide to change a day and time. Once you get the perfect day and time, lock it in and be consistent. Right. Because you're not going to get everybody anyway. You're going to get a, no. a core of people. And if you switch it, that core may fall completely apart. Absolutely. And what I have found in my experience over the years, the people that really want to be there, they will be there. If they can't because of work commitment, and there's certainly plenty of that that I've seen, they will read the recap. So be sure to put a recap together because plenty of people that can't be there live with you want to read the tweets and see what they miss. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah, definitely. And yours right now kind of covers a lot of time zones because it's in sort of the middle of the day, sort of lunch hour-ish it in works the U.S. Perfect. But- yeah, because what I was so interesting, Kimmy, is like when you start this chat, you don't think about the worldwide impact mm-hmm. with the day and time you choose, right? Exactly. I get so many people from India. And when I'm doing the chat, it's like 1030 at night and they come on. They love the chat. I've even had groups of them get together in person and come do it together in person uh, to participate, which I thought was really cool. But you just never know who you're going to attract. I get people from all over the world. And it's interesting to see like, oh, I didn't realize it was that time over there, but they're still here. I get a lot of people in Europe. So it's evening. So they'll be like, oh, good good evening. Excited for this chat before I go to bed. So it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's interesting too, because People from all around the world are going to see your chat. In fact, we just, even with this podcast, we looked at our stats the other day and we were like, wow, how many countries was it? I I don't remember exactly, but. It it was a bunch. It it was, yeah, you don't really realize until you start looking at those metrics. And yeah, our listeners here, first of all, we thank you and we love you. But yeah, we got listeners all over the world already. So we want to make sure we're like, definitely helping those people with their challenges. And that's the really cool thing. And and that actually brings me to one of my next questions, which is about branding topics and guests. So with that said, you've now picked a time of day for your Twitter chat. So how do you find a hashtag that's going to work for that chat? Because hashtags, obviously, for a Twitter chat are the basis of everything that the community stands on. It really is. You know, the whole thing revolves around a hashtag. So Having a really good hashtag is incredibly important. And this is one of the first things you want to do is you want to research and see, you know, what's out there, what's being used, find a hashtag no one's using. That's what I always recommend. Like, for instance, when I started Twitter Smarter, I initially started as Twitter Rockstar, but people were using it kind of like a high five, you're a Twitter Rockstar. And I didn't want confusion to what I was doing associated with that. So I did a little bit more digging around and Twitter Smarter was not being used by anyone. Of course, now everybody uses it, but that's okay. People, if it's a, if you do good with a hashtag, people jump on the coattails and it becomes pretty popular. But uh, I did a lot of research and I felt like it really says what it is, you know, Twitter Smarter. I think when you hear that, you get that idea of, oh, I'm going to get a little bit uh, smarter today on Twitter. So I, I really like that. And when you look at Christie's chat snap, brilliant. She took Snapchat and reversed the two words. 
and called it Chat Snap. So that's super smart. So yeah, you really want to give it some thought. You don't want to just be too quick with this because the whole chat revolves around whatever you choose as the hashtag. Yeah. And you also have to make sure it doesn't mean something it's, it doesn't, you didn't mm-hmm. intend for it to mean. So definitely do your research. I actually made a hashtag once for social media breakfast of Houston that meant something different than what I had intended. Uh-oh. So early in, in the early days, this was very, very early in the early days, but it was SMBH. And you guys can look that up. That's your, one of your action items for today. You can find out what that meant. But now it's SMBHOU, which means Houston, social media breakfast. Houston. Yeah, that's super smart. <clears throat> so that was really and I. And you know what I like, Kimmy, is that you made that hashtag short. So it's easy to remember, it's easy to put into a tweet because it is not too long and wordy. You definitely want to think about that. I know with this this podcast, Communities That Convert is our official hashtag, which is a little long, but it still works. If I would put it this way, if we ever decided to do a Twitter chat for Communities That Convert, I would not put it as Communities That Convert chat as a hashtag because we're taking a hashtag that's already long and making it even longer. And you don't have to put the word chat into the hashtag. That's actually a big misconception. People think they got to put the word chat in there. You know, we're familiar here locally in Houston with Blog Elevated, which is a very popular conference, but it's also a very popular Twitter chat. And it's just Blog Elevated. That is the hashtag for the chat. So you don't have to, it's funny because almost every Twitter chat has the word chat in the hashtag, but you certainly do not have to do that. No, you don't. Don't feel like you're like stuck with that chat word in there. That's absolutely true. So now you've picked a hashtag. You have a good time of day. You've got some seed community that's like, yeah, let's do this thing. Okay. So now we have to do branding and we have to do topics and guests, or maybe we don't have to do guests. So let's talk a little bit about what the content of these chats really is about. Yeah, you want to have really good topics. You want things that will keep people interested and inviting and compelling. You know, if they don't find it exciting, they're not going to come on there. So having really good topics is important. And then do you want to have a guest or not have a guest? You know, you can do it either way. It's really up to you. Now, when I was hosting my GG chat, so again, that was for my Go Girls music community, I did not go the guest route. I did not do a guest with a Q&A each week. It is very time consuming. It's fun to do. And I do it for my Twitter Smarter and my social ROI chat twice each week. You know, I run these chats. But if you want to just start out and keep it simple and easy, all you need to do is come up with a topic and just have a conversation. You could come up with questions for your community, but you don't have to bring on a guest. So you could definitely start off that way. And so what I did with GG Chat is I just picked a topic each week, something that related to music business, something that the musicians would be interested in talking about. And Kami, I would have to say, it'd be a little scary each week because it's like, my thought was always, is anybody going to come to this? I'm not bringing a guest on. I don't have all these questions. It's just a topic. And I was always amazed. It would be the most amazing hour ever because we would have an amazing conversation that was very fluid and would go in other directions. It started with one thing that I chose, but then the community chose the rest. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it can work. It definitely can work. Um, yeah. And having guests is also a really cool way to go. It does take a lot of time and effort. How many hours per week would you say that you spend oh my gosh. sourcing and getting guests and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. You know, when it comes to sourcing, the communication, scheduling them, booking them for their date and time, 
and then getting the quest, the topic and questions together. I mean, you're talking quite a few hours per guest. I would say easily from top to bottom, everything you need to do would probably be anywhere from, you know, three to four hours per guest because it's a lot of time involved. It's, you know, you're doing your research, you know, who do I want to bring on this chat? Who's relevant for this chat? And I will tell you, Cammie, going on other chats is a great way to find guests for your chat. I was on a chat today, really interesting called kind, no, fine chat, but it's fine, like F-I-N-D, but it's with two I's. So F is in Frank, I-I-N-D chat. So that's the hashtag. I had not heard of it before, but some people I know through my Twitter Smarter do attend and participate in this chat. And I guess they told the host about me. So he invited me. So I'm learning more about this host. And he's a very interesting guy who I think would be a good fit for the social ROI chat that I host. So I plan to invite him. He doesn't know this yet, but I plan to invite him to be a guest. So it's really interesting how getting on other chats will expose you to other people that you could bring on. And you've saved a lot of time with that too, by like getting a process down. So you have, could you talk a little bit about your process? Yeah. The process is what makes this so much easier because you know, it can, again, it can be super, super time consuming. One way I've really cut down on time is that communication back and forth between you and the guests. And it's usually by email and it will drive you crazy because you could easily do 10 or 20 emails back and forth. So one thing that's really helped me tremendously is having a scheduling tool. And I use Calendly. Calendly has been really great. I've used it for years now. I use it for, it's free if you use it for just one thing. But like me, I use it for multiple calendar event things that I invite people to. I have two different Twitter chats. I have, you know, podcasts. And now this podcast, now that we're starting to schedule guests. (laughs) So that's four different things I'm scheduling and is very low cost. I think I pay $10 a month to be able to do more than one. And Cami, it is such a time saver. So all I have to do, let's say I wanted to invite you to my Twitter chat. I just send you a link you go over there or already have the whole thing set up. It'll ask you some questions you fill out. It will email you confirmations. I'll get an email with all of your information and it just cuts down on all the back and forth. I make it very clear up front what the chat is, when it's going to be. You pick the time that works best for you is huge, huge time saver. Yeah, it really is. I've been through your process. So I've, I've really enjoyed that process as a guest as well, because it makes it very simple. We do the same thing for social media breakfast. We don't use Calendly, but we use Google Docs and do a very similar process. Our times are pretty clear because we have like, you know, just one per month. So it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So branding, let's talk a little bit about branding because I know that, you know, part of this is do we spend money on putting together a logo and some sort of look and some sort of content like that. And we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, so I don't want to hit on it too hard, but how important is branding to your chat? It's very important. When I started my GG chat, I didn't have any branding. I didn't have a logo. I had nothing. And over time, when I was building it up and more and more people came on, one of my friends who does a little bit of graphic design on the side actually drew up a cool little cartoonish, super cool, like, go girl, you know, it was really neat. So I actually got to use that uh, with her permission. And it was really cool, but it was very simple. And it wasn't, I didn't really look at it as like super branding for this. I wish I had spent more time really branding that chat. 
But I learned a lot with that chat, which carried me over to when I launched Twitter Smarter two years ago. And so when I started that Cami, I'm not a graphic designer. So I just went into Canva and I created some JPEGs and I tried to do some nice promotions, but there was just no branding, no colors, no nothing to it. Right. Mm -hmm. But at least I had something. And I will always say something is better than nothing. So my very first chat, all these people showed up and one of them was this amazing graphic designer. Her name is Sonia Gregory with Fresh Sparks. And she said, hey, I would love to work with you to help you brand this. I can already see this is going to be a great chat. I want to help you brand this and let's get some good colors together so that people will always identify. Because, you know, when you think of really good people that brand on mar- in marketing, I think Peg Fitzpatrick, she always uses fuchsia when she's posting on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And then you think Rebecca Radice and she always uses orange. Like you start seeing that people will use very specific colors with their branding and a style where you can look at that and go, oh, that's a Peg Fitzpatrick image or that's a Rebecca Radice image. Well, we started putting together branding where you can immediately identify and go, oh, that's Twitter smarter. That's for the Twitter smarter chat. So we came up with this really nice combination of blue and orange. And she just designed the whole thing, Cammie, and it was amazing. And so from the check, second chat on, I've had these beautiful graphics that I use to promote. We also use it for each question, for you know, during each chat. Everything from top to bottom is branded like this. And I think it's a good way to go. I see some chats go this route, but many of them, I think, don't understand branding and have no branding to it. So it's hard to like identify it. You know, as you said at the beginning of this podcast episode, you know, Twitter has a lot, there's a lot of tweets, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of stuff going on. So a great way to stand out is having really great branding. So a good way to cut through the noise is to see my Twitter smarter promo images and they really pop. No, so I think it's important. I think they're good. And not just your promo images, but I'm going to say also during the chat itself, because you have what, like five questions during the chat. I think it's five. Eight eight questions. And each one has an image. And each one has an image. Uh, That's just really a great way of making sure that people know where you're at and gives people a bookmark because especially with a chat like yours, which goes really fast and really hopefully all of your guys' chats out there as you kind of build them when they get big it goes really fast. I mean, furious and fast. And um, you want people to have a bookmark where they can see, oh yeah, there's that question. Oh, there's that question. So I think that's really important. Another thing that you do, which I, I need to put in here too, is that you also have help during the chat with people that are talking to, I don't know, your greeters really is what they are. Your greeters who talk to people in the chat because once you are running a chat, sometimes it's very hard just to get through it, much less like connect with people. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I have to say that running a Twitter chat is a lot of work. It is not easy to do it all yourself. With my Gigi chat, I rarely asked for help. I just did it all myself and it was a lot of work. When I started Twitter Smarter early on, I was like, you know what? I need to get a team together. I need to get some people to help me with some of the week to week things that that are maybe not my greatest strengths, like coming up with topics and questions each week. That's a lot of work. It's not really my biggest strength. So I built a team of greeters. I call them my greeter group because when I'm hosting a Twitter chat, I want to greet every single person that comes through that door. When they say, hey, I'm here, 
the virtual door. When they come to the chat, I want them to feel at ease. I want them to feel important. So I make it a mission to say hello to every single person. Well, as Twitter Smarter Chat grew, I could not possibly do that. So what I did is I hand selected very specific group of people and invited them like, hey, would you like to volunteer, be part of this team I'm building where you come and greet people as they come in? Like every week, let's like divide up the group. Like, okay, you're going to do A through G and you're going to do H through L. Like, you know, we, we come up with this little system based on how many of my greeter team members are able to attend the chat. And uh, right now there's, there's four in the group and we've really expanded this over time to be more than just greeting. Like this group wants to do more. And so as the leader, you know, it's like, okay, do I want to have complete control or should I let them have some of the control and let them feel important and take the reins? And so we've had group meetings and talked about, you know, what roles can they play? And Zala Braji, who is our community manager, we all decided collectively she, she's like the community manager. She does the most. She likes to do the topic and questions each week. Like that's her strong suit and she loves doing it. I've even said, Zala, you know, you sure you want to do this? I mean, that's a lot of work. She goes, no, I, lo- I love doing this and I love contributing to the chat. So everybody has their role and their things that they do to contribute and is volunteer only. Now, some people hire a team. It really just depends on what exactly you're doing. Do you have a budget? I don't have a budget because I don't have sponsors regularly. I do every once in a while, but not regularly. So if I had sponsors regularly, I would definitely see them as a hired team and that would be something to budget for. But they just love being a part of the community and we've actually turned it into a little bit of a mastermind group and we do brainstorm sessions together. And Kimmy, I would have never thought in a million years that my Twitter chat would produce this amazing group of people. And they're located all over the world. It is like you know South Korea and South America and Europe. And then you know two of us that are here in the US. You know, So we're very widely spread out, but we're very close-knit. It's amazing. Actually, it kind of brings me to my next question, which is when does a chat go from being an event to being a community? Yeah. And that's so cool. You know, it's interesting because when you're doing this, you really think of it as an event, not a community, but you're bringing people together. Like if you're doing it like me, it's once a week for an hour. And what you're doing is you're bringing people together. It's up to them as to where this is going to go. I can't control this. I can't control whether it's truly going to be an event or a community. It's up to all of them to decide how it's going to play out. And what happened very quickly is it became a community. And I think it does start with the leader, but I can only do so much. Like I wanted it to become a community. So I'm just amazed at how it's grown in the last two years, where we're at with this. And it just keeps getting better and better. But I do want to stress, Cammy, that for me, it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's about the people. I would be just as happy with five people versus 100 or 200 or 500 or 1,000. You know, to me, the numbers are relevant. It's the people. And I can say every week when I get on that chat, it's the most amazing people I could ever possibly meet. Right. And what's great about that is they're meeting each other and they talk to each other and they greet each other as well. It's not just your greeters. It's like all of the, all of the people in the chat, which I've been on your chat a number of times, yeah. are just connecting with each other. And it's really cool to see. It really is. And 
to see them go off and do things together is probably the biggest thrill I get out of this because I'm the connector. I'm bringing people together every week. And then I've seen them go off. There's two ladies that met on the Twitter Smarter Chat. They wanted to start a chat together. They met in person. They're like, oh, it turns out we both live in the same town. Let's get together. And oh, we kind of do the same thing. Why don't we start a Twitter chat? Oh, Madeline has a course on how to start a Twitter chat. Let's take our class and let's learn everything we need to know. And then we can launch it and see what happens. And to watch them do this has just been so thrilling. So they come on the chat, they took the course and they have their own chat. That's very cool. It is mind blowing. And, you know, I would be remiss to say if I didn't say that Madeline does have a course on this and definitely we will put that link to that course in the show notes. And I highly recommend that you take it if you're really interested in starting a Twitter chat because she's done a lot of this work for you ahead of time. So and there's also a community inside of that as well of people that are kind of on the other side waiting for you to help you with that. So yeah, we've told you a lot today. So if you want to go fly solo, go. But you know, I would highly recommend that you you go through her course. <laughs> so Madeline, just to kind of wrap things up, what tools are you using for your Twitter chats? I know that you, you're not just using Twitter natively, right? You're using some tools too to help you. I do a variety of things. And what's interesting, Cami, is that being that I've been hosting and participating on Twitter chats for over six years now, I've tried a variety of things and I have found things that work for me and what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. So I always say, try things, see what works for you. So here, here's been my method is I use a website called tweetchat.com and tweetchat.com is super simple and easy. It's browser based. You could do it on your phone, but you'd have to go to a browser on your phone. There's not an app, but on a browser, you go to tweetchat.com It's going to ask for the hashtag. So we'll use Twitter smarter as the example. So, you know, let's say it's a couple of minutes before one o'clock Eastern on Thursday, put that hashtag in there, and then you can just watch all the tweets unfold in real time right there on the page. It is so super cool, super easy. And what's great is that at the top, there's a box and you could type in your tweet if you want to participate. I mean, you could just be a lurker and just sit there at Tweet Chat and just watch the conversation unfold. But I always recommend hop on the conversation, be a part of it. But with that box, if you go ahead and type at the top there, it puts the hashtag in for you. And that's one of the reasons why I love using Tweet Chat and I recommend it because you don't have to remember to put the hashtag in. That's one of the biggest issues you have when you get on a Twitter chat, especially if you're new, you have to remember. So if you're doing the native twitter.com on your phone or on a browser, you have to remember to put the hashtag in every single time. Otherwise, we don't see your tweets because during a chat, we're all hyper-focused on that hashtag for the hour. We're not looking at anything else. You could tweet me. I'm not going to see it. I'm not paying attention to it at that moment. I'll see it later, but not during the chat unless it has pound Twitter smarter in the tweet. So I use tweetchat.com. I will also have twitter.com open. I will have a browser tab open to the host. I think it's always important to have the host because if a Twitter chat's going really fast, you can miss the questions very easily. So I always recommend, so that, that whether you're a participant or you're even a guest on a Twitter chat, this is a smart way to do it is always have that open for the host so you don't miss a thing. I like to use Hootsuite if I'm going to schedule tweets. And in some chats I schedule, some I don't. It depends. Like when I'm a guest, like I was today on this fine chat, I definitely plan my tweets ahead of time because it makes it easier to 
be prepared. And if you're prepared, you can just copy and paste your answer or schedule. Schedule, I wouldn't necessarily do for answers like this because you don't know what the pace of the chat's going to be and you could be way off. But what I do is I copy and paste it, put it in at the right moment. And now that allows me time to actually chat with people live in real time. And that works out really well. I always say, try things and see what works for you. Plenty of people are doing this on their phone because maybe they're at work and they can't get on their computer, or maybe they're waiting in line somewhere and they pop on the chat. It can be very challenging to do this on your phone. But if you do, what I've found works for me is just using the regular Twitter mobile app. It's just, you're going to be moving your fingers and thumbs very quickly. Yeah, no, definitely. And I know it's not easy. And certainly I love my little um, setup in my office where I have the extended screens so I can have one thing open on one screen and another. Yes. So, I mean, when, when you deal with Twitter chats and I definitely as a guest, cause I've been a guest on a lot of Twitter chats, I definitely pre write my answers to the questions because I know ahead of time what they are. So there's no reason in the world not to have your answers already ready to go with your, you know, A1 and then your answer behind it, A2 and your answer behind it and so on. So um, I just highly recommend that too. So this has been really great. We have gone over our time. So we need to definitely stop now. Always do. We we have so much to talk about, Cammie. I love it. I think my mission is, you know, for us to share lots of great, helpful tools and strategies and things that people can take away right now. And I really hope that from listening that our our listeners are getting a lot of that. So let's talk about some um, calls to action. Whenever somebody comes to you and says, I want to start a Twitter chat, what is the first thing that you tell them to do? If they want to start a Twitter chat, I always say, start that research. First thing you want to do is go on other chats, go know everything there is to know about a chat, learn how the host is doing it, watch what the participants are doing and do some research on hashtags, you know, know what it is you want to do with this chat and see what hashtags are out there. What can you do to set yourself apart with your own hashtag? So I would say the call to action is research chats in your niche, niche or niche, or however you like to say it. Niche. Niche. I niche say niche. niche, however you guys like it, tomato, tomato, and all that. <laughs> and then write down those on a pa- piece of paper or on your computer or wherever and look at the hashtags that they're using and see if there's a hashtag that you might want to use that's different. And then number two was to attend each one of these Twitter chats and see what they do and maybe see what you could do a little bit differently or just make a little twist on it. So research, do your research and then let us know. On Twitter, you can get a hold of me at camichat at K-A-M-I-C-H-T or at Madeline Sklar, M-A-D-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. You loved it. Oh, I did it wrong. M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. I know how to do it though. I just can't, I can't spell and talk at the same time. I'm terrible. And then communities that convert is our hashtag. If you do a hashtag with communities that convert, that's great. You could say, hey, I love this. Twitter chat. Maybe you can tell us which Twitter chats you love. Yeah. I would love to hear from our listeners and know what chats they like. Yeah. For sure. So once you're done doing your research, just send us a little uh, message saying which chat you really like so we can check it out too. Sounds great. I love it. Well, this has been an awesome episode, Cammie, as always. Thanks for being like the interviewer and like giving me all these questions to answer. That was fun. What a nice little twist in the way we do our podcast. Hey, we like to keep you on your toes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. 
Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.